Welcome to Real Talk Business Conversations by Balance and Pink. This is a no BS approach. This podcast, Angela, what is quiet quitting? So, <clears throat> I'm so pretty. Uh, this is our chief marketing officer, everyone. I'm a professional, award winning. This is <laughs> this is how we do it. This is how. This is how we do it. That was our blooper intro. Now for the real thing. Welcome to Real Talk Business Conversations by Balanced and Pink. This podcast is a no BS approach to the hottest business topics surrounding career growth and how it applies to women. If you're looking for ways to progress your career, make more income, gain clarity surrounding business topics, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Kari Kohal, career and leadership coach, consultant, and president of a multi-million dollar financial brokerage company. And I am here with my co-host, Angela Orion. She is director of internal operations, including human resources, chief marketing officer, and president of a nonprofit association. She has over 15 years of experience in business, internal business operations. So today I brought her on so that we can dive into quiet quitting, what is it, and should you do it, coming from someone who's in HR, uh, and she can give a perspective of kind of how she would approach that if an employee were to quiet quit. She's already laughing, so <laughs> so we're going to go into what is it, should, we do, should you do it, because there could be yeah, I think the name is a little off-putting. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's a little off-putting. Correct. So, should you do it? Pros and cons for your overall macro career growth in it. So, let's get into it. Okay, so what is quiet quitting? So, essentially, how it started was someone on TikTok, or this is what I read, or my impression of it is someone on TikTok did a video and they were in extreme burnout. And they said what helped with their burnout was to quiet quit, where they stayed at their position, but they quietly quit some things that wasn't bringing them joy, essentially. And that video got over 8 million views. And it just took off from there. And now we're seeing it pop up on Harvard Business Review, is writing articles about it. Forbes is writing articles, Entrepreneur, Inc. Magazine. So it's a really hot topic right now. And we want to talk about it. So quiet quitting. I read an article on Forbes. Angela read an article on Harvard Business Review. So she's going to give her side of her impression of the overall what is it. But Kathy Caprino said... Essentially, you limit your job output to what is stated in your job description at the time of hire. So you do what is required of you from the job description and do it well to help with burnout and to make sure that you can keep your job. Because if you cut out all the extra things that you have to do and then you like scale back all these extra things, but then you don't do the things that you leave yourself with well, then that could sacrifice your job and then kind of hurt your overall career. So Angela, you read 
Harvard Business Review. And what was your impression of what quiet quitting was? So the Harvard Business Review article was taking the approach of the management side where quiet quitting is more about bad bosses than not good employees. And it really dove into on the management perspective of how you can kind of avoid this and how it leads up to this. And I think a visual that came to mind right away was, you know, those movies and there's the secretary at the desk and the boss is leaving and she or he is putting on their coat, but then the boss comes and dumps a big file, stack of files. And then you see that that employee taking their coat off to stay. I think this is like that picture of what burnout is. And on the Harvard business side, that article just made me view that boss stacking that high, high stack of files on the desk to that employee. And so really what it looked to me like, and the article was touching on, was overextending your employees and what their output can be, and also um, almost taking advantage of high-performing employees. So I like how your Forbes was talking on the employee perspective, and then how Harvard Business Review is talking on the management perspective, and truly how you can blend Right. These two needs together so that you don't have to quite quit. I just think it's don't overextend. Right. And we'll get into like the benefits of quiet quitting or the negative sides of quiet quitting and give you guys how to real life application of how you can incorporate some of this stuff into your career right away. So We'll get into that later. But before we do that, we kind of want to go into why has it become popular? So why have people felt like they need to quiet quit? So why are people feeling or why has quiet quitting become so popular? I think the root cause is burnout. And over the past few years, a lot more people have experienced a lot stronger burnout. And I think this really started as well from um, accessibility to technology. I'm going to reference a ton of movies because I'm a huge (laughs) pop culture buff. But I specifically remember, and I don't know about you guys, watching the movie Clueless and she had a cell phone. And I just was like, wow, she has a cell phone. But now today it's almost like reverse. You don't have a cell phone. Now, the con of that is that... um, Increased technology has made it so that we are constantly always on. And there is always that um, a manager needs something or you're constantly getting an email or a text and you're hearing the ding. So it used to be back in the day that you would actually like clock out for the day. Like you'd stamp, you actually had a card and you would stamp out. Where today, I'm sure, yes, there's clocking in and out in your workplace. But... um, In other businesses like us, you used to mail in a proposal and you had this kind of pause in your work day where we don't necessarily have that today, depending on your career or Um, email or email, all of that. So uh, I agree with Kari that the reason this is becoming popular is trying to um, curb burnout and setting work boundaries for yourself. And there is always, too, now a rush on quantity over quality. Almost if you work too slow, you might be viewed differently. Right. Or they want both. They want this both. This, like, unrealistic expectation of, I want the same quality 
that I got when you had to snail mail things um, with the same or more quantity. I want the same quality and more quantity. And it's hard to give both. And that's kind of like that contributes to burnout. And I think that's why um, Kathy's article there in Forbes was talking about staying within your job description can really help help with that. But I know we're going to talk more about yeah, we'll get in definitely. But I also think that what has kind of caused this popularity of quiet quitting is the work from home. A lot of us all of a sudden, I remember, I think it was like in April, it was like a Monday, we went, Oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. Tuesday morning, we get an email that says, pack up your stuff. You're not coming back for the foreseeable future. And you just went from having that um, routine and being able to be in your car and listening to a podcast Mm -hmm. or listening to music. And you had that boundary, but when you work from home, you don't have that boundary anymore. So it's hard to feel those boundaries. You might go for a walk, but it's a lot harder to feel you're still in the same environment Mm -hmm. that you live in. And now that you work in and you don't have that separation And like Angela said, on your cell phone, you have your Outlook app and you might have your notifications turned on and it's dinging at you and you just feel this like stress that you have to get back to someone so fast. Yeah. And that wears on you. Um, And quickly, there was always that on or available mentality uh, that came in so hot out of nowhere. Yeah, it really did. Now that we know what it is and why it's popular, are there benefits to it? Because there is some mixed reviews on social media about quiet quitting. And I feel like there are some benefits to it, such as it can help with that burnout. You can feel a strong sense of control again that you might not feel anymore on how you live your life outside of work. Uh, It can give toxic managers a wake-up call. And that one I'm going to put an asterisk on because that's assuming that your toxic manager has enough emotional intelligence to do self-reflection, which is highly doubtful. Angela and I can dive into toxic management or just anybody that does not have emotional intelligence. And in the last one, it can help you feel fulfilled at work again, but you could also do that by having good leadership. You don't have to do it by quiet quitting. And then what are the negatives or the cons in your overall career growth of quiet quitting? We came up with, it could hurt your career brand on the extreme. You could lose your job because women and especially mothers are held to a different standard and expectation than the average person. So if you quite quit and don't tell anybody about it, they could take it as you don't really care about your job anymore and then you can lose it. And it might sacrifice value building experiences because yes, you're doing more outside of your job description and that might be hard, but the world is constantly in change and the world is constantly changing. And these opportunities that come up are really good experiences and value building for your career for future promotions. So that brings me to the fourth one. It could hold you back from these promotions if you're in a positive management workplace 
it could hold you back from those if you don't take on those experiences. And as an HR um, manager, I have definitely seen this when hiring an employee for one role, that there are passions and doing um, additional work within the realm of what we've hired them to do has earned them um, even a new position where it's like, holy cow, you have a really amazing skill in Excel, for example, or look at you, uh, you have uh, some design skills and so on. So there is this fine line, like Kari had said, between a toxic manager, but there are the cons that maybe um, there wouldn't be another opportunity for you to show additional skill sets that could lead you down a career path you never knew was even available to you. And that kind of brings us to our last one of it can create a wedge between you and your team or manager, especially if you do not communicate this change of quiet quitting or wanting to scale back. Okay, Angela, the million dollar question coming from someone who is the director of internal operations, like put on your director of internal operations, HR hat. If someone was looking to grow their career or make more income or gain clarity in their overall career progression, would you suggest, or do you think quiet quitting is going to benefit them? To oversimplify, no. It will not benefit because you don't know what you don't know. And that goes on both sides. That goes from management to employee and employee to manager. So no, you don't. No. So instead of quiet quitting, what should someone do starting today to help with this influence of quiet quitting? So they might be feeling like, they watch these TikToks or they watch this social media and they go, oh my gosh, this is me. And it sounds like quiet quitting is going to fix all of these issues for me. So we're going to go through, Angela and I are going to go through six different suggestions that you can apply today into your career that it's like quiet quitting. It has a flair of quiet quitting, but it's better than that. The first thing that you can do is start by doing a check-in with yourself because that is kind of your center of control is you. And then everything around you is just kind of noise, but you get to control you and what's inside of you. So start by doing a check-in. What do you love about your job and career? Make a pros and cons list of what do you love? Um, about your job? What do you love about your overall career or industry that you chose? And what don't you like? Because the things that you like, you can lean into more. The things that you don't like, you can brainstorm and come up with actionable ways to reduce the things that you don't like. So figure out where that burnout is. And the burnout is probably going to be in the things that you don't like. There's going to be some overlap there. So figure out where the burnout feeling is coming from and brainstorm alternatives to help with the feeling of burnout or overall displeasure at work. So here are some examples. Is it a toxic boss that is causing this burnout? Is it imposter syndrome where you just are feeling like you're not worthy of where you are in your career or these opportunities that you're getting? Is it lack of appreciation 
from the people around you. It could be coworkers, managers, leaders. Um, is it you holding yourself back from asking for what you deserve? That's a big thing for women in business. It's scary to ask for what you deserve because kind of don't want to ruffle feathers, I guess. Uh, or is it staying quiet and not speaking up about mistreatment or being on a dysfunctional team? If if the word dysfunctional team is new to you, definitely check out the first episode on is it time to find a new job? Because in that episode, I go through five red flags of being on a dysfunctional team because it could be you just need to switch teams. So my last one, and then Angela is going to jump in, is figure out what you really want from your career on a macro level scale, not your Monday through Friday or your five-day daily grind. Like truly, what do you want out of your career and what does fulfillment and success look like to you? And a career coach can definitely help you discover that. So if you're looking for a career coach or you're looking for someone to help you gain clarity or figure out your purpose in your career again, or you've kind of lost that, definitely reach out to me. I would love to be your career coach. My email is balancedinpink at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram at my username at balancedinpink. So Angela, what else can someone do? Um, instead of quiet quit. Yeah. So I had mentioned earlier about um, should you quiet quit? And I said, um, in simplification, the answer is no. And that is if the managers don't know what they don't know, and you as an employee don't tell them, then don't be quiet. You you really should speak up and you need that in order to do uh, to do your best work. And it allows management, now I'm going to put on that manager hat and HR hat, it allows management that opportunity to rectify the situation of what is wrong. Is the reason of the burnout because the employer, uh, the employer has not actually hired enough people to do the amount of work and hours necessary? Uh, likely, maybe, especially COVID has made this very, like, especially with the great resignation, this has become very apparent. So speaking up can be one of the most terrifying things, but equally Harvard Business Review talked that as managers, and again, this is the perspective I'm taking here in my responses, is that we need to have these traits to um, speak to our employees and um, coworkers. And a great way is um, figuring out your boundaries and work to reduce your burnout is we as managers, we need to trust our employees. We need those positive relationships. You should have a good connection with your coworkers and employees. And then as a manager, always be consistent. And that will help when an employee has come to you to tell that, like, talk to you about quiet quitting. Essentially, it's never going to be termed that. No one's going to come in and sit down like, hey, Angela, I'm quiet quitting. Right. So um, uh, right. figuring out, um, going off of what Kari had said is what do you like to do? Um, checking in with yourself, then figuring out what those boundaries are that you need to reduce your burnout, and communicate with your team. The last one is also setting those expectations um, with your team or manager. So, you know, I referenced the movie where you drop the files on the desk as you're trying to leave. A great thing that you can ask your manager is um, where does this fall in um, my priorities list? I have project X, Y, and Z. Where would you like this one to fall? 
And asking that actually means that you've taken control of your job and that you are setting those expectations and boundaries. Absolutely. So in summary, the idea of quiet quitting sounds good, but we caution you about the potential downfalls it can have on a macro scale with your career progression. So I would say you never want to quite quit without giving the manager a heads up, right, Anne? Correct. And definitely allowing that opportunity for the situation to be fixed. But 100% seizing your control of your life and your boundaries. If you have approached management and there has been no improvement within a reasonable time frame or the consistency, like I mentioned, from the manager, then you absolutely should take those next steps. Right. And episode one talks about that on is it time to find a new position? Because Angela getting into like the manager side of things, yeah, it might be time to find a new position instead of quite quitting. Quite quitting might not fix it, but finding a new position might. So definitely listen to episode one on that. Uh, Another big thing that I'm going to say, I'm going to put a little manager hat on, is never call it quite quitting to your manager. Angela, what would you do if someone came to you and said, hey, Ange, I got a new game plan. I thought about it over the weekend and I'm going to quite quit. Let's do this. I think I'm a unique person that I have incredibly high empathy and really high emotional intelligence. So I would dive into that. But Kari had that asterisk that you may not have that in your manager. And if you go into that not knowing your manager well, then uh, yeah, they would think you're quitting. They really would think you're quitting. And that is not the case. And they would probably take that and go, we got it. They, gotta they're going to call up their oh, recruiter gosh, right? and go, we need to find someone for this job because right. she's quitting. Right. So also another big thing is don't go into it thinking you will show them like, I'm going to show the man or I'm going to show this toxic Never. boss because bad bosses no. have zero emotional intelligence and self-reflection. And will not take accountability for sure. So there is a fine line between taking advantage of at work and then you as a female in general being a people pleaser and just say being the yes woman. Exactly. Join us every three weeks for future episodes. Our next episode is releasing on November 2nd. It seems like it's so far away, but we do these every three weeks. Um, And how we do it is Angela comes on every other one. And then, so there'll be some solos with just me, Kari Kohal, and then some co-hosting with Angela Orion. And then we also have special guests, other successful women in business that come on and share their experiences and give you guys advice. Uh, So our next episode is on, is your team holding you back? How do you know if you work on a dysfunctional team? So we talked about that a little bit in this episode and we're going to really, or I'm going to really, really break that down. So stick around for that. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe, review, and share. That is how we can continue to post these episodes for you. And if you want to reach out or are interested in being a guest speaker, you can find me on Instagram at Balanced in Pink or email balancedinpink at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. This was a blast. This is my first podcast experience. And until next time.